0: Hello everyone, welcome to Art of Redemption, a podcast with individuals working in their arena of supporting others who are developing their own redemption story and conversations with those who have successfully made the transition from incarceration. I'm your host, Buck Adams. In this episode, one of two, I'm speaking with former Miss Colorado, Stacey Puka, who's now the CEO of Defy Colorado, formerly Defy Ventures. I first met Stacey in prison. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, Defy and the pathway for, through prison, through Defy and post-release uh, and kind of uh, art for redemption, the project that uh, Defy has helped me create and continues to be a huge support for. It. Uh, so with that, I know Stacy. like I said, meeting in prison, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of uh, ironic to meet a you know beautiful dynamic woman in prison and then have her come and spend a lot of time with you one-on-one or in a room filled with 40 other guys so <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, you know uh, was a, a unique experience to, to say the least and well um, I'll let Stacy talk a little bit about herself and uh, then we'll get the things going so good morning Stacy. Good morning. How's it going?
1: Good. Good, thank you for having me. This is so exciting.
0: I know, right? It's come a long way in a couple years, what, two years that we've known each other now, I think? Yeah. Just right at two years?
1: Yeah, that's uh, weird to think about. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it also feels like forever all at the same time. Right, yeah,
0: <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, for me, it's been you know, kind of a long path because of, I was in the first cohort with you guys and left um, probably about halfway through um, to go to a camp. and then you guys had the struggles that you went through with mm-hmm. everything. Um, no need to go into all that, but there was <laughs> definitely um, some you know restructuring going on yeah. Um, and then I got out and reached out to you guys and you know been a huge support. I remember you being there day one for me and helped me you know go get. Meet with parole and go get an ankle bracelet. (laughs) Yeah, your favorite accessory, I'm sure. Right. Too bad you can't put that into those things. Anyways, um, so yeah, so just kind of give us a little bit about Stacy, if you would.
1: Yeah, so like you said, my name is Stacy Putka. Um, I'm the executive director for Defy Colorado now. I just stepped into this role at the beginning of 2020, so it's a new role, but... Also, like you mentioned, I've been around since the very beginning and actually helped to found Defy Colorado um, and make it a local Colorado nonprofit. So that's something I'm really proud of. Um, And yeah, that's my role with Defy.
0: And outside of, give give us a little bit broader picture. of. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I grew up in Littleton, Colorado. I'm one of those rare Colorado natives that people are always uh, kind of like seeing a unicorn, you know, (laughs) doesn't happen a lot here in Colorado. Um, it's always such an interesting question, like the tell me about yourself, who are you kind of question, because every person has so many different facets to them about who they are and what makes them them. Uh, and I think that my job really does define a huge piece of who I am because in this unique role of working with people with criminal histories to help them really become economically independent and become stable individuals in our society and to also help create a society and a community that welcomes them back feels like such a huge piece of who I am and what I do. And uh, if you talk to any of my friends, they're like, oh yeah, don't get Stacy going on like a social justice tangent because right, right. we'll, we'll be here for a while
0: <laughs> fair enough so but this is your first um arena into social justice right i mean you started out in social justice prior to defy yeah and then found defy and then yeah so kind of talk a little bit about that like you know you were working as a, a i forget exactly in, in the social context though and, yeah and then how did you find defy and you know how that kind of Blossom to now becoming executive director.
1: Yeah, so I was a, I I guess without going too far back, um, I was in college and I wanted to be a a sports journalist. I wanted to be, you know, on the sidelines, the Super Bowl, interviewing the players kind of thing. Um, And I was in a psychology class and I heard, it was the very first day that we kind of broached the topic of addiction. And even in an academic setting with professors talking about addiction and students learning about it for the very first time, um, there was this judgment that I heard about people who've struggled with addiction um, are never going to change or they're not really worth like our time or effort as a society and as a community. Um, and I grew up with an incredible entrepreneurial father who owned his own business and was the epitome of a great dad. uh, And I knew that he had struggled with addiction earlier in his life before I was born. So this moment in this psychology class kind of changed my whole trajectory of, man, if there are people out there that really don't believe that people who faced adversity can change or that they can add to our society and to our communities, I want to do that. I want to be part of helping people transform and helping them feel like they belong. So I ended up going to graduate school at the University of Denver to get my master's in social work and I became a licensed clinical therapist for people who were struggling with both mental illness and addiction. So my specialty was kind of working with people with dual diagnosis with both of those experiences. Wow, so
0: that was probably uh, pretty challenging with some of the stories I'm sure you were dealing with around that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so well. Hats off for you for jumping in and taking on that role. It um, kind yeah. of tells a little bit about how, who she is, people. So, I mean, she is truly dynamic um, in that way of one of the bigger hearts I know. Um, and, and then, kind of, how'd that come about to Defy? To I mean, yeah. Did you, Defy was brand new to Colorado, I think, mm-hmm. um, when you first came into the first um, Arkansas Valley. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how'd that kind of play? I mean, for me, um, if you haven't heard the story, I ended up at Arkansas Valley, and I found Defy through probably a little 6 by 6 flyer that was up in a non-descriptive place in a pod. I was like, you know, are you wanting to be an entrepreneur? I was like, what is it, I mean, what kind of flyer is this, in prison? <laughs> and I had to, this is my first weekend. Um, and my background is I was an entrepreneur. I'd started a company, sold it to a private equity firm, started a nonprofit in the same arena, dealing with veterans reintegration. So I was like, okay, let's check this out, and I made the request. And you know, a couple months later, Defy shows up. Um, and so, how did you find it?
1: Yeah, I, it's it's funny. I was going to ask you that same question of what that was like to learn about it from inside. Uh, my husband actually ended up reading a blog from brad feld who's a venture capitalist out of boulder and he worked my husband works in the finance world i was working with men that were on parole and probation providing mental health treatment and he was like this is so cool this is our two worlds kind of colliding entrepreneurship on my side and the criminal justice system on your side we should go and volunteer at this event together so we signed up and drove three and a half hours down to Arkansas Valley Correctional Facility. And I'll never forget that first moment of stepping into the gym, which is where we have all of our events at Arkansas Valley. Um, and everyone was so excited and there was this lot of music playing and it had this really fun, light energy uh, that I'd never experienced with my time working with people who are involved in the criminal justice system.
0: Pretty heavy topic, generally. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) And it was like this moment of, this is how we should do it. You know, we should create community and a place where people feel like they belong because that sparks transformation and change, not uh, the way that we've been doing it. Because if the way that we've been doing it works, uh, people wouldn't
0: still be in prison are constantly going back. Right.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's,
0: that's the big problem is the turnaround rate uh, and recidivism. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just for me, obviously going into prison was a way different experience. It was crazy being handcuffed in a little black box and in the box and taking the bus and, you know, rolling up to this prison with, great big chain link fences and you know Constantine wire and I was just like oh boy here we go (laughs) this is the real deal you know how to get myself here you know oh my god yeah what was that like for you I mean was that the first time you visited a prison had you ever gone at least to a you know visiting center before was that like your first time in you got in totally behind the walls and into the gym
1: yeah that was the first time I'd been to the jail because the the treatment service that I worked for before also operated in jail. So I had covered a couple mental health therapy groups inside the Jefferson County Jail. Um, but this is my very first time to prison. And the, the when you're going through security, uh, they have what they call Sallyport port gates, which are where you're basically just in this giant chain link box and one gate opens and you go through and that gate closes before the other gate can open. And when the, gate closes for the first time and you're between those two fences it's kind of like oh gosh it's a reminder of where you're going and what it's like um, to really enter that environment and then you walk into the gym and the music's playing and everyone's excited and so it kind of immediately removes any of that stress or anxiety um, and takes that away and you forget for a second where you are
0: that makes sense because yeah. um, for us on the inside, you know that day of just having people come visit and actually being allowed on the yard or into part of the yard, the gym even though it's very controlled um, and having people want to come spend the day with and being able to see people new faces that are shiny and bright versus yeah. you know the heaviness that generally comes along with you know walking around the yard in prison it was amazing i mean it was a, a truly amazing experience and um you know i think that first day or it might have been the second time but I, I think it was the first time that we did the step to the line mm-hmm. um and that i suggest everybody go do i mean that is a truly like Connection to human one-on-one experience that you really don't probably can't get in any other place than setting them yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, it's one of the more powerful things I have ever experienced. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing. So, um, you know, I am just a, I'm just remembering those times. It's, it seems so far ago, but yeah, it was just a year ago for me that I I, I got out. Of this, you know, a year and a month. So, yeah, and here I sit in a whole different trajectory and path in different ways. So yeah, it, it's cool.
1: It's um, really cool to see or know, like the diff the this opportunity of us talking right now allows us to paint a picture of what the whole timeline and trajectory looks like for how Defy interacts with people who are incarcerated. Right, that very first day that we met was just an introduction to the community of hey, here's all these mentors, Uh, these mentors believe in you and think that you can transform your hustle and start a business and be a successful entrepreneur. And uh, it's the first time that the mentors are able to meet incarcerated individuals and hear of some really cool business ideas um, and start to get their minds wrapped around the asset that people who are incarcerated are to society. Um, and then there's been so many different touch points throughout that but now here you are launching Art for Redemption and it was this idea that started maybe in that moment maybe before I'm not exactly sure when you had the idea Um, but that's what it is that's what we do we we give people an opportunity for hope and to believe that something bigger can happen and now here you are kind of proof that 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 happens right
0: thank you yeah no so the idea actually did come around a little bit before so when that happened it was it was great and you mentioned brad and i'd said this before i actually got to sit down with brad that first day and kind of tell him about the idea and he's like that's a good one you should hang on to that and you know we kind of through the process of defy um when it actually started it was a few months later before defy came back into the prison and you had to sign up and enroll and get checked out and picked and I think there was what, about 80 of us in the first yeah. cohort and the, you um, were pretty much running it solo for two nights a week. Mm-hmm. So you were making a three and a half hour trip weekly, spending the night over and spending two evenings in prison with 40 other guys. I mean, and you know what? What did that feel like to be inside of going to prison every week? spending every evening with 40 guys in a room by yourself. I remember there was, there was the guards in there with you. It no. was, was just <laughs> us and you. And I was like, I wonder how this feels for her. So, I know what some of these guys are in here for. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, what's funny is that I never thought about it like that. Cause I had been doing mental health and substance abuse groups for people who are on parole for the past two years, uh, every day. And so it was just, okay, Another I'm just group. doing group now, but I'm doing group inside prison. Um, and I think that the, it was really different or the people in the class noticed it more because having someone come in from the outside every single week was a rarity. and um, wasn't something that happened a lot. So I think it restored a lot of humanity, I hope, to everybody in the class. Um, and I never thought about it in that context. I guess the very first day, uh, I was asking like what the security protocol was. And they said, oh, well, this phone is a crash line. So if you just knock it off the hook, someone will come. And I was like, okay, great. Like That makes me feel safe. I know that that is there. Uh, but the more and more I went through the class, and the more people asked me that question, I realized that the people in that room are the people that are going to keep me the safest uh because kind of the level of protection uh and how much you guys admire and care about the program and care about what we do that everybody in the class is going to want to make sure that whoever is in there is the safest person in the facility
0: yeah for sure um and you know being in there and in that environment i was just like well She's probably the safest she's ever been, but I'm just curious what it, it, it <laughs> felt like because I I I, I, can, I know for a fact there will be if one person makes a move, there's gonna be five others making the opposite move.
1: So yeah, that exactly. Kind of thing,
0: and um, you know that, but it was. I mean, it definitely changed the yard. I mean, you guys coming in and then just being able to you there weekly definitely restored hope and it was something people looked forward to getting. The, you know, yeah, uh, you know just mingle through each other in a different way. It just it, it created a whole different sense of yeah. a lot of things and it brought back a lot of humanity. It made it made people feel more human again that we actually could talk and not uh, not be offender so and so or, you know, this and that or a number. Yeah. Um, which you know all kind of derives, you know, the very prison campus. But I guess it is prison, so it is called prison for a reason. But at the right. same time, I think that can be part of the problem is that um, we all make mistakes, as, as I've said. You know, it's human mm-hmm. to err, as, as Poe said in the 1800s, um, yeah. right? It's, it's human to err and divine to forgive. Um, so, and, and that's part of the human process, too, is I think people forget the forgiveness part because mm-hmm. most of these prisons are, as Arkansas Valley three and a half hours away from really most people that are going to come visit. It's a haul to get there. It's not cheap. Once you get there, it's you get three hours of visit time and you got to turn around and that's kind of it. And that's all you have to look forward to is you coming to visit or if you, I was lucky enough to always have a friend and family come and visit every weekend. Right. I remember one day specifically that kind of broke my heart a little bit. Um, there was an individual that was during checkout saying that it was his first visit that he had since 1998. And I was just like, and it wasn't even family members, somebody from the church that came and just wanted to check in on him. And I was just like, how does that happen? How do you just totally get forgotten by society? Yeah. And, you know, more or less thrown away. You're just out here in a, in a human warehouse up on a shelf, more or less. And, oh, we forgot of, that we even have that box, so to speak, you know, yeah. number so-and-so, so-and-so. Yeah. Just rolling, you know, day in, day out, doing the clockwork circle around the yard. And uh, to me, that made a big point. I was just like, you know, when I, I'm a visitor here, I'm passing through, I'm lucky enough that I have that world all. I know that my sentence is X and I can do it much shorter, which I did yeah. by just keeping my head together um you know and I was, like i said i was like i created yoga programs and meditation programs and so that kind of just kind of changed things i think a little bit on the yard as right. well so you know it was I, I keep going back to it was a horrible experience i don't i i don't want to beat this horse i've said it multiple times i don't suggest it but for me it turned into an amazing pathway of being able to as I say, my paid stay, paid vacation, or right. being able to truly disconnect, or unplug, and just really focus on myself, and you know, just being open to the universe to to what happens next. And there's nothing you can do except for surrender in prison because you have absolutely zero control of anything. Right. And you really truly learn what surrender is. Mm-hmm. And there's something special and magic in that.
1: Yeah. So. There's there's a huge component of it that's surrender and i can't imagine the like the guts that it takes and the the strength that it takes to do that and at the same time you use it as an opportunity to grow and to change yourself like the parts that you had control over starting a meditation program starting a yoga program coming to defy every week those pieces that you had control over you used in your benefit Right, So it's a balance of control and surrender, <laughs> the same, which is like life, right? Right, exactly. Just <laughs>
0: magnified. Everything seems magnified yeah. um, in that setting. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't really looked at it, but I, on the, I, I did control the things that I could on a very minute level, but a lot of those right. things were surrender as well that I had to surrender to, um, you know, the powers to be to even allow me get yoga mats to brought in right. and you know those kind of things versus you know when you're on the out it's like well I'm going to go go to the store and st- buy a yoga mat yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like everything <laughs> is controlled for you but you know and you definitely learn to be humble and the way that you can ask for things and try to make things happen um it's definitely interesting in that setting yeah so recently you did a TED talk um up in Boulder I think there were over a thousand people in the room um my understanding everybody kind of stood up afterwards so you brought everybody <laughs> to their feet so how'd that feel um, to, to do that I mean you know that had to be a pretty amazing experience
1: yeah it's I had uh, always wanted to do a TEDx talk it was on my bucket list and it just someone contacted me and said hey do you want to do a TEDx talk in Boulder and I was like um yeah obviously of course I would love to do that and the standing ovation part is funny because I the lights are so bright and you're just kind of staring out into the lights because they want your eye line on a certain angle so that you look like your eyes are open on the YouTube video and I could see the very front row and I saw one guy stand up and then I turned and walked in and went off stage and I was like man yes that one guy stood up he really liked it that was so exciting um, and then when I saw the video later, they show this angle from the back of the auditorium and you could see that everyone stood. Um, and it was really encouraging because the whole premise of the talk was, how can you be part of someone's redemption story? And I love that the art, art for redemption is the name of your business now. Um, But it meant that those people in that room believed that they could be part of someone's redemption story. Right. Because we cannot do it alone. We can't fix our—Colorado has 20,000 people that are incarcerated. Um, About 50% of them that get out go back within three years. Right.
0: And those are low numbers compared to the nation, right? I mean, nation, we're approximately 2.2 to 2.5 kind of flowing— yeah. My understanding on the incarceration yeah. rate. Yeah,
1: 2.2, 2.5 million people.
0: people. So that, to put that in perspective, that would be the fourth or fifth largest populated city in the nation, if it was yeah. an actual city. Yeah, And uh, I think the national average rate for recidivism is around 70. About 70%. Yeah, 70 mm-hmm. plus. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, crazy numbers uh, when you stop to think about it. Yeah, and, uh,
1: and when you think about entrepreneurship, it's like this known component of entrepreneurship is you can't do it on your own. You have to surround yourself by people who can help you get it done because you cannot start and run a business all by yourself. You have to have mentors, you have to have a team put together. And the same thing goes for re-entering the community after being in prison or just living a meaningful life while you are in prison, right? You can't do that alone. And so the components of Defy are that we go in and we work with people who are currently incarcerated and we give them the tools to apply for a job, to learn how to start a business, to have some improved social skills. And that's all wonderful. Um, But I realized this big piece that was missing was getting the community involved in that. And... We can get people as ready as, as they can be when they come out. If there's not a, a community that believes in redemption waiting for them, then what have we really set them up to do? So that was the hope for my TEDx talk was to encourage people to believe that they could be part of someone's redemption story and welcome returning citizens back.
0: Yeah, so it, it's a, it's amazing, and I agree with you The before I go off on a tangent, though, um, I'd love this for you to share how they can find that TEDx.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Google Stacy Putka TEDx, TEDx Boulder. Boulder. Um, it's a really cool since I changed my name and got married. If you Google Stacy Putka, I'm the only one that comes up. So uh, it's pretty easy, pretty easy to find. And it's on the TEDx Boulder YouTube channel as cool. well.
0: Great. Um, so to go on to that community support system, I can say without a doubt that without the support that Defy gave when I first got out, you being there when I first got there, helping me get to parole office and to um, you know the lovely jewelry office, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that b- makes a big difference. Um, you know, and then. Being able to come work with Defy on, on post-release and mentoring and having the opportunity to create this business through the support network of Defy's support network, uh, Foundry, Jason, Jen, Brad, that whole group on, you know, kind of circling the wagons to help this happen. has uh, been amazing. And I can say that it would be impossible to go through that without some kind of support network or, or or help. I mean, you could do it. It would take, I mean, I, I kind of fast-tracked it. It would yeah. take longer. It would be way more emotional. I mean, it was, I still have problems and I think I've kind of just fallen back into life pretty easily, right. but there's still moments, <clears throat> excuse me, that are, um, challenging, you know, and it's, uh, part of it's for me, ego and vulnerability just last night, I was at the Commons for, you know, that's one of the places I, I office out of through uh, Michael Beavis, who sits on the board of advisors, is uh, head of Denver, Denver entrepreneurship for the city and runs the Commons and has given me office space there and I get mail there. And... We had a gathering last night and, you know, getting up and I spoke and told the story of what, you know, Art for Redemption and, you know, my path. But, you know, getting up in front of strangers and talking about that path and that story is, is, um, every time, it's challenging. I mean, you know, I've fallen back into life so easy and things are different. But when you talk about, yeah, I have a criminal history. I was in prison for two years. I just got out of the halfway house six months ago. Yeah. Um, You know, those kind of things, people are like, whoa. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I know. know, Right. and every time I do, people are always so thankful for that, sharing the story. Right. Um, but it is, it's hard, and it's, I can only imagine for people without the, that kind of support, or, or kind of wherewithal not to pat myself on the back, but it's a hard path if you haven't had, I've had some education prior to, and I've ran a business, started right. a business, so I I kind of know some of these things. Without that, and without any support, It'd be impossible almost. I mean, yeah. you could do it a few years down the road once you kind of got in and got stable, but right. this kind of fast track is, is, is pretty amazing. So thank you for being a supporter, and yeah. thank you for Defy and you know, everything that you've done. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Art of Redemption. This is your host, Buck Adams. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, please contact us through artforredemption.com. Art for Redemption is an e-commerce platform for incarcerated artists. We are currently collecting art from artists nationwide to be showcased in the first-ever coffee table book for this genre. Check us out at artforredemption.com.